You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now. This week, I'm with Christina, and we're continuing our conversation we started last week on ancestral healing and specifically how we can begin transforming persistent patterns by healing the ancestral lines. So, Christina, I wanted to ask you, I know the last, um, I know that recently you've been speaking about your ancestral healing work, perhaps more explicitly as a way to begin being in service to transforming systemic injustice and stopping systems of oppression like racism, transphobia, and sexism. And I'm curious if this has always been a priority for you around ancestral healing work or if it's something that's become clear to you more recently. It's always been my point underlying everything I've always been doing around shamanism, but it isn't something that I spoke to publicly, mainly because whatever it is right on the forefront that I was trying to do was already so challenging. Like, so for example, I have always received pushback about the need to bring emotional clearing into our contemporary shamanic work. Like that's been a huge pushback. Uh, and um, you know, and, and that to me is like so fundamental and basic to the whole conversation that I just have been deciding to kind of pick my battles. But but underneath it all, being uh, creating a network of people with the skills um, and doing so somewhat subversively to be able to undermine a system and change it has always been my actual ultimate goal. Wonderful. So I guess I'm curious within that, I want to talk more about engaging ancestral work in service of healing systemic injustice. But before that, I'm interested in what you said about the pushback around emotional clearing as related to shamanic work. And I wonder if just in general, you could talk a bit about the sort of ecosystem of classes you've been developing around energy body mastery, energy body clearing, which involves the emotional clearing work. Um, the shadow work, and just how that relates to this larger intention? Well, you know, my my perspective is always this curiosity, which is why, like that three-year-old why stage, I don't think I ever really grew out of it. Um, but my basic perspective is why do people – um, one, keep making the same mistake over and over and over again, you know, myself included. Um, but also, why do people do hurtful things to other people? Um, and, and why do they do that? And why do people persist in 
doing things that seem really ignorant in the face of reality around them uh, from a scientific perspective reality around them I, it just i just don't i've never really understood and so i've always asked why and so one of the things that i've noticed with people is part of the answer to that why is not always um, just for example someone needs a soul retrieval to be able to really connect with that truth of that part of themselves again or to move out of that incredible despair they feel so that's a why that that answers the question um but another part of the why, a huge part of the why, isn't necessarily that someone needs a healing experience or a new skill or something like that. I mean, a, um, a new experience, but it's that they don't know how, that their old mode of operation is the only thing they know how to do. They don't know the new actions. So it's not just the internally new experience, but the actions for how to be in the world. And um, and so for me, my perspective has been, so what is the minimum necessary in terms of personal experiences of healing, but also new skills that would allow the majority of people paying attention to actually succeed and move forward. Because, of course, not everybody's paying attention to this, so so we're already dealing with a subset of humanity. But within that subset, what I have watched is a lot of really um, sincere, devoted, well-intentioned people doing exactly what they're told and spinning their wheels. And it's not that they're not doing the work – but that they're literally spinning their wheels in the work because the work isn't really delivering what they're being told it should or it is. And so so for me, I've just been been asking myself based on all of these different things that I've learned because I only teach a portion of everything that I've learned because there's a whole lot of things I've learned that I don't think are necessarily all that useful. <laughs> so I don't continue to teach them. Um but in all the things that I do teach, I'm saying, okay, so what if, you know, people only have so much space, time, and resources? What is the essence of what every living human being needs to, to be part of this change that we, you know, that our hearts know is possible, for example? And, and my perspective about that is it's both certain healing experiences to move them out of a, um, a, a literal energetic place they are going to be in until that healing happens, like soul retrieval, like shadow transformation, and like ancestral healing. Those are these three things that get in the way of what is otherwise for us basically a clearing issue. And by clearing, I don't mean cleansing, but I really mean the kind of clearing that allows us to move in our own internal landscape to an aspect of ourself that made an old choice for usually a survival-based reason and to help that aspect of ourself not need to make that choice anymore so that I can then come in alignment with my new choice. And so I talk about this on Why Shamanism Now all the time when I talk about clearing and what clearing really is versus cleansing, which is – cleansing is an important aspect of healing. A lot of people 
use them interchangeably and they're just not like a, a cleansing function is its own aspect of healing and we need to know when we need to do that clearing is different um so anyway back to your question i wanted to create this network of people not just in my own cycle of transformation community but ideally with the technology of online teaching this network of people around the globe who wanted this this basic skill set that would allow them to address everything that they would come across one way or another with the addition that no one's doing it alone and so that in many ways is the third missing piece for all of us is community and and how much our own personal work comes into a different context when we are doing it, doing that work with others who are also doing that work. So um, anyway, so those are the pieces that I've been trying to build here since we started the online courses in 2018, which is these these basic essential skills that we need that lead us into these basic essential um kinds of healing that need to happen if we're going to be able to actually make new choices and 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 extend from those new choices into new actions. Thank you. That, yeah. Was that your that, question? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess further from that, I'm curious about so this ancestral healing course, healing the or transforming persistent patterns, the the second course has a few prerequisites to it that include um, shamanic journeying, that include the energy body mastery work, the energy body clearing work as well. And I wonder if you could just speak to a bit, maybe starting with energy body mastery and energy body clearing, why are those um, techniques of those courses necessary to do effective ancestral healing work that's really getting to the root of these larger problems in our lives mm-hmm. yeah and 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 just for people just to connect you know we already talked about the first prerequisite which is a relationship with your well ancestors and that's the thing that you can create for yourselves if you haven't done so already can create for yourself through the basic course that's self-paced and online self-paced so this one that we're talking about now is this um live online course that we would be going through together and so so there's four prerequisites so one is relationship with your well ancestors but these middle two are um what what i call in my work energy body mastery and energy body clearing okay so the the value and the need for energy body mastery when we start diving into these persistent patterns is that you personally as someone choosing to do this work need to be able to maintain and care for your own energy. And there are so many practitioners, bless you all, who are sincerely in the work. You've done way more training than I have, but you actually don't yet know the basic, unsexy, really boring work of maintaining your own groundedness at all times, your own boundaries at all times, not just with people, but with the spirit world, and in particular with your unwell ancestors. 
by the very nature of the problem of unwell ancestors, of these unreconciled ancestors, we are vulnerable to our own ancestors' problems. And so if we have no energy body hygiene, no, no practice to really maintain our own sovereign energy, we will be overrun by the very energies we're trying to change. And so the energy body mastery prerequisite is there really just for our own self-care in the process so that we can go in from our own sovereign space and say, nope, this is mine, that's yours, not taking yours on, I'm here to change it and really be able to have perspective and be effective. So that's that's a self-care piece. The energy body clearing piece is is also a self-care piece, but it's more than that. And this is where we get into the conversation about why this isn't just psychopomp, why this isn't just doing shamanic healing on the dead. And this is one of the things I've noticed because I've offered this a version of this work as a weekend for practitioners to learn to do ancestral healing with more of a protocol to be safe in doing it. And what I saw with people who have a lot of shamanic healing training and a lot of training in psychopomp, but no training really to speak of in clearing, lots of cleansing. And, and, and so in other words, in short, cleansing allows me to clear my upset in the moment and regain my center and my groundedness. Clearing changes why I got upset fundamentally so that I don't get upset about that same thing again. Okay, and so that's a really big distinction. And so what I was seeing with these people that were really well-trained as shamanic practitioners, when they started working with the dead, they didn't clear anything. They just did you know, a curse unraveling or um, a depossession of the dead or um, uh, bringing back a soul part for the dead. Now, all of those are valid actions, but the dead person is stuck because of something that needs to be cleared, some choice they made that needs to be unmade. They don't really have any free will, so they can't really make a new choice. They can't, in other words, at the fork of the road, if they went to the left and they needed to have gone on the right, all we can do for them is help them experience what going down that right fork of the road might have been like that would renew their own belief in themselves and the power of their soul. But it doesn't change anything because they're dead. Right. So what was happening is that these really well-trained shamanic practitioners were shamanic healing the heck out of these dead people, but it wasn't actually clearing the pattern that's the true problem. And that ultimately for the living in their healing, they need that pattern. And so all it was doing was, again, this sort of shamanic muscling the psychopomp process um, and, 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 and muscling the dead to where they can clear out of here without really clearing the energy. And so it, it ends up being in yet another in-between, just a new version of an in-between place. So that was, that was the problem that I was seeing in the way I was offering it before and not requiring people to have some understanding of energy body clearing which is that ability to move into our own inner energetic landscape, discover what's 
stuck in the old belief, the old emotional pattern, the old whatever, our our own version of the ancestral pattern, for example, and to clear to clear that fundamentally with a, with releasing the old choice, um, doing a new version of the old function if it's still necessary, and making a new choice and aligning our current self with that new choice and restoring that energy. So that whole understanding of what makes a clearing a clearing is understanding we need to bring to the ancestors because we need to do it with them and for them and so you know so if i don't understand clearing myself i can't help anybody do it yeah and let's pause there for a second so um i mean certainly in my own experience i didn't get to ancestral healing work until i was in the fourth year of the cycle of transformation um, I was doing work with my ancestors before then, you know, as best I could, but I didn't actually have these trainings around how to approach it. And I was amazed that when I finally got to that training to see how much my own emotional clearing and inner work had taught me the feeling of that logic of what it takes to track a gnarly pattern in the ancestral lines to its root and allow my free will to be used by my helping spirits and by the ancestors to create a new sense of possibility for the ancestors so they can extricate themselves from that pattern and move on, allowing that pattern to be cleared from the lineage. And I'm, I guess I'm curious, you know, you mentioned briefly in passing about how ancestors, part of the reason they get stuck is because, and it's part of the reason their patterns impact, impact us as the living is because they no longer have free will. So they're trying to hijack our free will as the living to resolve their unresolved stuff, but they don't know how to resolve it. So we're just mired in their unresolved stuff and repeating the same patterns. But I'm curious if you could speak just a little bit more to your definition of free will and how that relates to the clearing work and why clearing is important. Yeah, free will is one of those things like don't Google it. Do not Google free will because it just takes us into this morass of religious definitions and it gets really complicated really fast and it's basically just not helpful. And so when – so for me, I use a lot of terms that have particular meanings in certain professions like consciousness and unconsciousness and free will. Um, in in religious contexts, consciousness, unconsciousness, in a psychological context, and I mean them totally as a lay person, and because for me the specialty that that I really offer is that ability to track these patterns as they move between realms, not only the different aspects of a person, but out of the physical realm and in like with the living, for example, into the dead, and so. <sighs> Okay, so so this the clearing aspect of this. Ask your question again, Lance, and I got a little bit distracted. Yeah, so I just wanted to know about your definition of free will, right? Right, and okay. how that relates to why clear or just clearing in general, and then why that's necessary. Right. Okay. So, so one of the things that I think people don't pay attention to is free will is the fact that what makes being incarnate a big deal is that you have free will. 
And that as soon as you are no longer incarnate, you don't have free will anymore. That free will has to do with playing out this whole illusion of being a living being in a physical world. Now, we know energetically it's all just energy. And many of you have done enough entheogens to recognize how slippery that slope can be in terms of what does it mean to be really physically incarnate and what does it mean that this is all energy. So so the important thing, though, is... When I am choosing to be incarnate, whatever that means energetically, I have the responsibility of free will and that my free will is manifesting all the time while I am alive and that the true value of the belief systems of various shamanic cultures around the world is that they understood this and understood how to I, as a human who has free will, manage the power of that free will and the responsibility of having free will. And so that, that marriage, that, that, that unity of power and responsibility, from my perspective, you know, researching the Encyclopedia of Shamanism was the real gift shamanic cultures have for us as contemporary people where we have completely severed the relationship between power and responsibility as in the western world i mean right now especially in america you can see the full manifestation of what that creates in what's happening in america right now it's horrific and so so what free will is talking about is this profound responsibility and power that I have because I am manifesting in every moment. There is no off switch. And so the question becomes then what am I manifesting because I need to take responsibility for what that is. And so it's your free will that is the energy that is really driving that manifestation machine. Okay, so there's a lot of directions a conversation can go from there, but relative to this conversation – One of the missing links in people's relationship with spirit, which is, of course, the shamanism piece, you know, why shamanism now, right, is not recognizing, not being educated around one's own free will, one's power to manifest, one's ability to choose and through those choices to make things manifest and the ability when we do not choose to be manifesting through the not choice. Right? So it's, it's, it's about our conscious choice, our non-choice, and, our, and that which is unconsciously choosing through us, like our own shadow, for example. Anyway, my point is the piece that's missing in most people's shamanic education or spiritual education is, the, is a true, sober, lucid understanding of what is mine to do as a being with free will and what is spirits to do. Like, how do we really co-create together? How do I really take responsibility for what is mine as the person with the free will? And how do I work well with what spirit can do? So a simple example of this, just to roll it back to just basic learning to journey. Your helping spirits will answer any question you ask them because that's the setup. It's your free will. You frame the question. They respond. That is the nature of the relationship 
given who has the free will. So if you never ask the right questions, you will never get the right answers. They are not going to rescue you and say, oh, by the way, you really need to be doing this. That's not their job. Their job is to support you in your learning to craft life with this gift of free will. And so, for example, angels, like the, everybody wants to just let the angels do everything today because they're afraid to do something wrong. But you don't understand, angels are bound absolutely by the rule of free will. So in other words, I can't take my junk energy that's all used up that needs to be actually recycled into the great sort of recycling of the universe and just hand it off to an angel because my choices move that energy into that depleted state, which is fine. I mean that's what living things do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's mine to finish the recycling of because my free will shaped that energy. So if I hand it off to an angel – to do the clearing, the angel is now just stuck holding it because the angel doesn't have free will to transform it. I have the free will to transform it. It was my choices. I need to make new choices with my energy. And so there's this huge gap of understanding of what the helping spirits can really do for us. And so we put our, this, this lack of understanding puts us in a position where we're having the spirits constantly doing cleansings for us, you know, clearing the thing in the moment because we're not, and that's, and we're satisfied with that. Instead of being really curious and exploring, why do I keep getting myself into this energetic situation? And what do I fundamentally need to choose to clear with my own free will so that I stop creating this same energetic situation? Mm. And, and so that understanding is just – it's a huge thing. But with the ancestors – it's really critical because we actually are now in this very sophisticated, nuanced relationship with our well ancestors, where we need to let our well ancestors flex their ancestral muscle here to help create change with the unwell ancestors. We can't do this alone, but at the same time, it's the free will choices the dead made when they were living that make this stuck. So it takes free will to unravel those choices. And so we have to be present. We have to bring our curiosity and our compassion to the problem to help it unravel and then allow the ancestral energy of the ancestral helping spirits kind of be the, the flow or the moving of that. We can't muscle it. But what we need to be is that compassion and that curiosity, that, that wanting to unlock what's stuck, to unravel what's snarled, to, to solve the mystery, to, to create that release. And then with that release, the, then the, the bigger, much more powerful energy of the well ancestors continues to move things along. And so it's this very nuanced co-creation that needs to happen, which is not that hard to learn if you have some sense of your own energy body. That's the energy body mastery prerequisite. You have some sense of true clearings. And so you can bring that logic to the work with the ancestors because, again, they're not crazy bad spirit energies they're just people that made people 
bad decisions or problematic decisions or just left things unreconciled. And so, so you have your, you've built your relationship with your well ancestors, prerequisite one. You can manage your own energy body, prerequisite two. You understand the logic of clearing both your own for your own self-maintenance, but to help the ancestors who were human to clear. And then the final prerequisite then is just the journey space in which all of these things come to play together. And that's, that's what allowed it, allows it to have that nuance that I was talking about is it isn't just a visualization that, that there's an aspect of journeying, truly journeying, that is not a guided visualization or guided by your own mind through a visualization. But in journeying, there's a release of control a surrender of your mental control and freeing up the mind to track energies, to be curious, to be amazed, to be in imagination. So the mind is present and engaged, but not driving, not controlling, which it has to in a visualization because you have to guide the visualization. Right. So in a journey, we, we, we stay focused by remembering the purpose of the journey, what we're journeying about, the intention. But otherwise, our mind is free to play in that journey space and problem solve in it. And, and so we have to be in that particular fluid, creative nature of the shamanic the true shamanic journey where our helping spirits are working with our journey spirit in a way that allows a truly new thing to happen and that we're taking action this is the essence of a shamanic act that we are taking action in the journey space that is going to affect something here in the physical world and so in this case i am taking action with my helping spirits and particularly my ancestral helping spirits with the dead to change something in the life of the dead and to move the dead out of where they're stuck, which are a couple changes in the invisible world so that the living are freed up here in the physical world. And so that's kind of the link up of the prerequisites and, and it shouldn't scare anybody away because it all comes together if we have all the pieces and that's the important thing about prerequisites, right? Is it saying, yeah, you need all these pieces. If you have them, we can do this. But if you don't have them, then any one of those becomes a big hole you keep falling into in the practice. You know, it's just as someone who's taken all the prerequisites and taught some of them, I would just say that each of those prerequisites on their own is a really beautiful journey that uh, in my experience um, – I found that that me coming to those teachings after, you know, seven years in the cycle of transformation, I was still, I still learned so much from those journeys and still continue to use those skills in my own everyday life. So it's not like some like watered down basics that you have to like slog through before you get to the good stuff of the ancestral healing. That might be your motivation or your inspiration for the work. But in my experience, each of these components changes us so that when we show up to that ancestral healing work we are the person who can actually engage in that healing effectively <laughs> you know that's actually been one of my frustrations with the online classes is that people do energy body mastery and they start learning so much about themselves doing it they just kind of stop there and they keep repeating the course yeah. <laughs> and so they take energy body mastery three times and and i'm like no move on let's do energy body <laughs> clearing <laughs> yeah yeah 
And it's beautiful to see, though, when people do move on, how then they can even go back to those earlier courses and go deeper. And so it is a real cycle that's forming between these courses. And I guess, you know, in that context of the connection between the spirit world and our personal work and what's ours to do and what's not, um, I'm curious if you could just speak about, in my experience, you know, studying different ancestral healing modalities, um, both contemporary traditions and of the African diaspora, um, one thing I see a lack of focus on is changing our personal patterns, that there's a lot of focus on the dead, but less focus on once we've shifted those patterns, those unresolved patterns in the dead, then truly having tools and techniques to change how those patterns have shaped us because we've been in living in them our whole life. And so I wonder if you could speak a bit about how that works in your teachings around ancestral healing and maybe just an example of working with a student or a client in, in which there was a change both in the ancestral lines and then a support of that person in changing their own manifestations of those ancestral patterns in their life. Yeah, I think, you know, it's another example of where that sort of sloppy understanding of free will shows up in our contemporary expression of things is that idea that, you know, once it's it's fixed in the invisible world, then then um, all magically change instead of recognizing, no, we're very much patterned in our emotional patterns our thinking patterns and that these patterns have a momentum and the momentum will likely keep going if we don't actually stop that momentum and redirect our energy very consciously and choicefully um it's a lot like so so the version of this many people experiences they do a big transformative weekend or week or they have a big transformative shamanic healing or you know ayahuasca experience or whatever it is and they're different for a period of time often up to maybe even six months but then the old patterns creep back in in a new version um i've actually heard that story multiple times for people that are getting um traditional ancestral healings is they have a big change instant instantly because the most direct ancestors that are problematic to them are resolved but like i was saying earlier the whole line of the pattern hasn't been changed and so it's like they just sort of ooze forward eventually over the next six months and the patterns um are are sort of set in place again so this is just an example of what it what's really what it feels like for us as we just keep discovering new version of the old pattern and some people feel that that's progress and that that's really satisfying and i wish we didn't because there's really so much more that we can um, get out of these transformational experiences we're having if we do this thing langston's asking about which is our own clearing relative to what just happened in the invisible world, in that in that transformational experience. And so relative to ancestral healing, what I like to say is for every ancestral healing, there's three versions of the pattern. There's the original ancestor that has to be addressed. There's the pattern then between that ancestor and the way every single other ancestor has 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 manifested that pattern in their life all the way up to the living. And that's number two. 
And so working with that pattern is also a thing. But back to your question, that third piece of any ancestral clearing is your personal work. How are you going to do your own clearing of your version of that pattern? And so there's there's a couple nuances around this, that, which is part of the reason also that it's hard for people to do, is we usually come to ancestral healing because we have a nameable problem in our life. And let's say a history of alcoholism in the family. And we want the alcoholism removed, you know, healed in the ancestral line. But the problem is, in terms of effectively clearing that energy, alcoholism isn't the originating pattern. It's the symptom of that pattern that the living are experiencing today. And so it's a bit like a mushroom and a mycelial layer underneath the earth, right? We don't want to just harvest the mushrooms. We want to actually get to that mycelial layer. And so... Um, and so in the, in the clearing then, we have the originating ancestor, the pattern itself, and then we have the living. And so what the living need to clear then is not the alcoholism. What they need is that name of that original ancestor's pattern. They need the, they need the words for that. So they can, let's say it's um, uh, denying soul's purpose for profit. Um, denying the truth of the spirit for survival, Um, uh, propagating the willful lie of our own spiritual nature. I mean, the patterns are, are the big patterns of life that have to do with us as a, as a soul incarnate trying to bring our soul's purpose to the world and how we end up thwarted by this, that, and the other thing in life. And that, that humans have been struggling with these same issues for thousands of years. So what I need as the living is the name, the actual language for the original pattern of the ancestors and then I bring that into my life and then I ask myself so how am I manifesting um, denial of soul's purpose for profit in my physical life how am I manifesting denial of soul's purpose for profit in my emotional life and I, I ask as I go through the different aspects of being manifest as a as a living being I'm looking for how I'm manifesting that ancestral pattern in my present day life and we always find it we are always doing the ancestral pattern in some way we were potentially not aware of until the clearing happens but now that we've named the pattern it's often really obvious glaringly obvious where we're doing it now that we know what it is and we're not usually doing it in every single aspect of our whole life unless it's a really big dominant pattern but we're doing it and because we're doing it we're keeping the pattern alive so we're using our free will making choices feeling feelings taking action in our version of that ancestral pattern so we are propagating the pattern just unconsciously um and and sort of by the way often the pattern is manifesting in our life physically or as a kind of mental or emotional illness. And so one of the clearings that we do is to really double down on addressing health issues um, because now suddenly the treatments that weren't really working before 
actually become effective because we've moved the ancestral pattern out. So some of that clearing is actually in the physical body, which is why asking, you know, how am I manifesting this in the physical realm is really important because a lot of it is um, this underlying reason for our lack of robust physical health. And so, so that's where the um, clearing practices come in for us in the process. Um, and as we look at the different aspects of our own life where we would manifest these patterns, we need a whole array of different um, clearing skills. So in the physical world, a lot of it has to do with changing habits, for example, in our physical everyday life. Maybe we need to change our diet or change our whatever our daily practices are or add daily practices like needing something that's aerobic every day or needing something that's more like qigong or meditation or, you know but doing something that changes how our physical body is moving through the physical space of each day can be something very physical it could also be that we're manifesting the pattern in our work life right? and so now i have to think wow how do i change this pattern when it it's me engaging with other people at work and so that's a very different kind of a clearing that requires communication and other skills. And so, so there's a whole array um, as we're asked, as we're asking ourselves, how do I clear this ancestral pattern? Then I need a whole sort of bag of tricks of how do we make change in our life? How do we, how do we actually create a lasting change in our life? Because we do need to clear our own version of the patterns. And that's another piece of the, of the online, the live online course, the last section of that course is about um, assessing that with the living and then what different kinds of clearing um, or cleansing do we do for that? Because when we are talking about the physical body, often a sequence of cleansings is what we need to do to help our body move towards this new level of health or well-being. Yes, and that's so interesting. I mean, I just... For me, I know that that feels like a big gap in some ways in, in other approaches that I've engaged with ancestral healing, you know, and there's so many amazing approaches. I think they each have unique medicine that we all need. But specifically for this approach, I think your ability to so precisely track patterns where they show up in each sphere of our life and in each sphere of our energy body, um, like, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual is just such an incredible gift of discernment. Because I think when we don't have that discernment, there's ways I see people or even myself when I, before I had them um, putting everything on the ancestors. Like it, maybe you are aware of ancestral healing and you have good skills to do it, but you just start thinking everything goes back to your ancestors. Because there's a way that in a sense, everything does, you know, like we have like so many... <laughs> of our really problematic patterns, yes, they go back to our unresolved dead at their root. And if we're only addressing them there and not seeing the different layers of how those patterns show up in our life through our just day-to-day -day choices that we're making through, you know, that, that need to be worked through our clearing work, through our, you know, shadows, parts of us that we've banished into our unconscious because we thought we would die if we embodied them or, you know, masculine, feminine stuff that's coming up. If we don't have the level of discernment to be able to look at the different layers it's showing up in and we just always try to go to that ancestral root, 
often I feel there's kind of stagnation that starts a projection where it almost becomes a bypass because anytime we're feeling emotional upset, we just start to say, oh, well, my ancestors are upset with this. So, and, and it just becomes a sort of circle that's not really moving us where we need to go. So, you know, you know, the, a piece of that, I think I just wanted to share because people ask me all the time, you know, why does cosmology matter? Like, what is it, what does it matter that what, that you're, you're teaching people first a shamanic cosmology and shamanic skills and life within that cosmology. And then only after dedication to that for, you know, four or five years, are you willing to teach people shamanic healing forms, for example, whereas everybody else just does the shamanic healing forms right out the gate. Right. And that's, that's how everybody does it right now. And, you know, this ability to tr- really track an energy, the ability to think about it, how it moves through all the four spheres of the, you know, the wisdom bodies of the human, all of those things in that, to unpack what you just said, all that comes from doing all of my shamanic growth and education within a cosmology that I would, that was growing and I was being coming aware of as I was doing it. And, and that's the piece that's missing for so many people, even if they're operating in a tradition because their, let's say their ancestral work is happening in, as it's shaped by some sort of tradition, but their life isn't lived in that cosmology. They just do their ancestral work in that cosmology, or they, they just do their shamanic, ritual and ceremony through this, you know, Andean cosmology, but they don't live their life in that cosmology. And so the real sort of difference is that so much of that clarity and ability to track and understand comes because everything is seen through the lens of a cosmology that I also live in. And so there isn't any real separation from it. So anyway, I just was thinking about that while you were saying that. Um, I thought I would share a quick story, though, that kind of illustrates what you're sharing. That'd be wonderful, yeah. So this this woman, I believe she was Indian, and she the issue was that they had a family piece of property, a, um, a, a multi-level dwelling on a piece of land that had been in the family for many generations, you know, so you're already going up oh, ancestral issues <laughs> and the family. I can't remember all of the details um, of the presenting issue, but they were basically a, a, um, a, a group of certain people. Family members had physical illness. Everybody was fighting over the property itself and what should be done with it and who should live in it and all of that. I mean, that was kind of a given. But the other thing was about it was how certain members of the family were extremely successful financially, but not being very good human beings. And other members of the family were being pretty good human beings, but kept failing financially, which was then creating all of this conflict around the land and the, and the, and the home. And so, we did the ancestral healing, which ended up being based on her question, which, which was specifically about what she should do relative to this piece of property, um, ended up being an ancestral healing that involved um, several different ancestors and I think ultimately eight different patterns, which is actually quite a lot to deal with at one time. 
And I kept saying, are you sure we should keep going? And they're like, yep, you got to unravel all of this all at once. And I did. And I was really hesitant to share this with the client because it's, it's an overwhelming amount of change to change eight patterns all at the same time. And, you know, eight patterns that each could be presenting in your life in two or three different ways. And so all of a sudden it goes from eight patterns to 16, 16 becomes 32. And the next thing you know, you know, your brain explodes and you can't do it. I mean, it was really, I was like, oh God, this is just too much. And the, and the ancestors were like, no, just do this whole thing. Just give it to her. It'll be fine. And it was the first time someone who is essentially a lay person from a shamanic perspective took a big batch of ancestral healing like that and just went, oh, yeah, I see these patterns in my whole family. I see them in myself. I get it. How do I, how do I clear these? And we went through how she saw her version of the patterns. She was really like instantaneously creative about how she could start clearing different ways they were showing up. And as she was in the process of doing that, because you can't do it instantaneously. So in the weeks that she was following through with this, she had a lot of good personal juice to just do it. I really appreciated that in her, not a bunch of skill, but a lot of just desire to get it done. Her family, this multi-generational family that had just been in a complete, you know, crazy cluster drama around this property, all of a sudden everybody started cooperating. You know, one person after another, as she would clear versions of the patterns, and no one else in the family knew she'd done this. Other people would start, you know, some one of the people that had the money would go, you know, I'm just going to pay for this repair that needs to happen on the house and nobody else needs to pay me back. I'm just going to do this. And someone else would go, you know, I and my two kids just really need a place to stay. So we'll, we'll do the garden and get that part of the family business going again. I mean, like they just all slowly, but surely as the weeks unfolded after this ancestral healing, they just started each bringing their gifts and their resources to the table and sharing and communicating and making it work and feeling really good ultimately about who ended up living in the structure and who didn't and why they made those choices. It was really, I mean, not every version of ancestral healing is that easy in a sense, but the ease with which this multi-generational, really chaotic problem of many people around this one piece of property sorted itself out once all of these ancestral patterns were relieved from the ancestral burden aspect of it. Only one family member was conscious of clearing her version of the patterns, but she watched her siblings and, you know, and and the different generations unconsciously making decisions to clear their versions of the patterns. It was astounding to witness. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And it made everybody happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've certainly experienced that in my own life and also with with clients as well and, and students that when when we make these changes on the level of the ancestors, it perhaps is one of the forms of but like in a sense, all shamanic healing can impact more than just us because we're all in big, you know, energy systems together. And with that said, 
there's something about ancestral healing that when you're working at that level, it's just beautiful to watch how it can reverberate out and free people from this sort of unconscious burdens that have been shaping so much of how they perceive the world and the choices they make based on those perceptions. Well, and some of these contemporary patterns are really pretty stinky now. I mean, they're really toxic at this stage and they seem really hard to deal with. Like just just experiencing, for example, just the hatred that's being openly expressed in the United States right now is so painful and just seems, oh, my God, how can we ever change this? But when we track it back into the ancestors we get back to this really simple version of the problem that seems really understandable and fixable, transformable. And then, you know, clearing it through the, the burden of how it so many generations have lived the same pattern gives it its weight and its power. And, and, and so part of it is really beginning to understand that the really impossible things or it feels impossible right now got there not because they actually are that impossible but it's the weight the momentum of all of these generations being handed down for you know several thousand years um and and um it's not just the the that physical momentum, like an avalanche, you know, the way it picks up speed. It's not just that avalanche feeling of just being slammed by these energies as a living right now, but also a way in which some of the more um, toxic versions get very inward, in, you know, grown in on themselves, you know, like an ingrown toenail. Basically, it's just a normal toenail and now you can't walk right? because it's grown in on itself. And that's what really um, often results in the things that are so heartbreaking, like like child abuse or, you know, sexual trauma and things like that, where people are behaving in ways you just like, how can my people do this? And they're not bad people. It's that these ancestral patterns have such time behind them, such momentum behind them, and they've twisted in on themselves so, so many loops through so many generations. And so there's a, there's a relief in a sense of going back to the beginning where it was simple and, and, and resolving it there and then unraveling, then it begins to unravel on its own because it's no longer anchored in the free will choices of that person that never got resolved. And, and it's, and it's untethered in that sense, un, unanchored. And then it begins to unravel, you know, from the easy direction towards the complex versus trying to deal with it here where it's just so complicated and so hurtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wonder if you could speak a bit about, in that context, what do you see as your vision for what a world might look like in which people were actively practicing these skills in service of creating change that would have an ability to undermine these oppressive systems and oppressive patterns that we're stuck in? Well, what I really see is people are, are diverse, and so part of what I see in this is that there's really something for everybody to do, and, and that matters. So if we have this whole group of people 
that really feel all I can do is tend a good relationship with my well ancestors. And, and I do that through a shrine tending practice. So let's say all I can really do is tend tend my shrine and tend my well ancestors. Well, everybody doing that leads, adds to the field of well-tended relationship with the well ancestors. So if there's 50 people doing that, it makes my work going in to unravel the nasty business that much easier than if those 50 people weren't. And I think part of it is our coming to understand lots of pieces of this puzzle need to be done and it's all valuable. And and yes, it is going to involve different skill levels. This takes minimal skill doesn't mean it isn't important, especially if thousands of people are doing it it becomes really powerful. And so in my vision, there is this sense of, wow, there's something for everybody to do here. Where's my sweet spot? What can I do really well with a good heart and a clear mind and feel really solid and grounded doing it? And then there's that next level of people that maybe for a whole nother group of people that mainly what they can do is be support people and be available when people who are going in and doing the ancestral clearing need to clear their own energies, need support with clearing their life. And that, you know, so there's a group of people that are really skilled in that part, but just can't deal with the ancestral stuff. It is heavy lifting. It's not happy to get into the mess of it. But, but what they can do is do a good job supporting their brothers and sisters in their own self-maintenance and the celebration of what comes out of the work. Because when you're doing the work, you can get really blinded to, to what it is. It just normalizes and you lose track of the beauty of that blessing that that ancestral healing bar or that incredible gift for that family when that finally comes back as an ancestral helping spirit you know that perspective of the person who's on the kind of the outside looking in and then at the next level there would be um, people who are clearing their own ancestral line and assisting others in doing so in a very skilled way and and I say that meaning it's safe, it's effective, it's efficient. It gets the job done with minimal impact on the person doing it. And then it would lead then – that means there's this huge support network for people that are saying, I, can't, I have done enough of this work myself that I am honestly in a place where I can open up this whole process that moves through me as a human with free will – in service of the collective. And this is the place in my later years here in life that I'm really interested in getting into is where there's a huge range of people, all different, all around the world, but all trained in the same skills that can go as a united force, not towards their personal ancestral lines, but towards the ancestral component to sort of let's just say, black on white racial injustice in North America, which of course leads us back to our ancestors who are in basically, in term, from, the, from the perspective of whiteness in the old world, in Europe, right? And, and how could we move as a united force into these 
systems that are now sort of collectively owned. It's like our collective ancestry and, and work on that clearing in service of the whole. That's the piece I've never seen really anybody do with with a serious skill set to address it. I mean, we do it in general in in ceremony and visualization and sort of with a soft light touch. But I mean the 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 heavy lifting of being able to go in with a serious skill set with a plan and and work together in an organized way to as a system of healing engaging in this system of illness that we share that's the piece i'm really excited to do now and that's really the larger vision of all of the online classes and as you said yes every single class in and of itself can be a game changer for the individual doing it they are very valuable in and of themselves period and each one then builds our collective skill set to be able to get to a place where we can say i'm i'm ready i've done enough of my own work i got the skills i've got the chops really and the and the juice to go give this to the future by dealing with the larger systems today that's the piece that's really exciting and for me really is the is the reason for all of it yeah, I mean that's certainly the reason I feel invested because I'm I'm just bored or sick of spirituality that's primarily focused on just stepping out of our own personal discomfort, especially for those of us who share marginalized identities and are living in a world where, you know, it's it's never going to be fully safe to be ourselves just walking around in these structures, oppressive structures. So we can't simply be satisfied with stepping out of our own personal discomfort and where we carry that in our body. But we have to have tools, or at least what I want for myself is tools that allow me to be an effective agent of change within this system and able to cultivate a quality of resilience and ability to show up and maintain my beliefs and principles and values amidst great turmoil and chaos. And so certainly for me, that's what draws me to these teachings that I feel they've given me the tools that allow me to, to do that. And, and that's a continual growth and evolution on that path. But, but I feel I have solid tools that are fractal in the sense that they grow as I grow in my ability to show up to create change in my culture. Absolutely. And it, it, essentially, I, I believe that love is the power and that it wins. But I want to prove it. <laughs> I want to do it. I want to be part of that that group of people that that use these skills as a way to direct the power of their hearts to transform, to literally transform these systems that are so soul crushing and heartbreaking. I, I want to prove that it's true that's really what i'm asking people to do with me is is okay you believe this let's do it and let's create the change that we can i think we're running out of time but that's that is the big piece is let's do that let's make that real now (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah 
Well, Langston, thank you for joining me in this in the, in our real everyday lives, but also thank you for joining me here on the podcast on Why Shamanism Now. I want to thank everyone for listening. I'm gratitude to your ancestors and the 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 huge diversity that your ancestors encompass. I think you encompass the whole globe as an <laughs> as an individual. Um, gratitude to your ancestors, gratitude to mine, and gratitude to all of those who are doing this work in whatever way that you're doing it. Gratitude to the earth below that is this home we all share, the sky above that radiates that blessing and protection equally on everyone. And to the heart, that power of the beautiful heart that unites us all. Thank you. Thank you, Langston. Thank you, Christina.